0: He's already been dead, and it's messed with his head. It's John's Post-Life Crisis. Welcome to John's Post-Life Crisis. I am John Johnston, founder of Cornation.com, your Nebraska cornhusker site of a highly anticipated Nebraska baseball season since we didn't get, uh, we didn't get anything last year. We got 15 games and everything just kind of abruptly stopped. There's no college World Series, no Big Ten tournament, no fun. I am joined today by Patrick Ebert, Midwest correspondent for D1 Baseball, your source for everything college baseball. How you doing, Patrick? Doing great today. How you doing today, John? It's a, you know, it's a, it's above zero. <laughs> That's <a> plus, yes. <laughs> So, you know, it can't be too bad. I live in Minnesota and uh, we're used to this. So, it hasn't you know, it hasn't kicked our butts like it has those people in Texas. So, we're used to it. I'm in Wisconsin right next door, so we're used to this. So, you're you're in the Big 10 area and and we're here to talk about Big 10 baseball. And Wisconsin does not have a baseball team and I honestly I bring that up every time I get into conversations about Big Ten baseball because I just want the Wisconsin people to feel bad. And you should. Yeah. So, so. well, you know what? Let's let's get right into this. I'll leave Wisconsin. I was going to ask you more questions about Wisconsin, but I'll leave them alone. It's enough that, you know, they're just left out of a major sport. we we'll just say we all know it's not a good situation. They should have a team. All right. The Big Ten – is going to play a conference only schedule. They've done this. I mean, they have played conference only schedules for pretty much the rest of their sports, but in baseball, it looks like pretty much every other conference is playing a regular season. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, there may, you know, to be honest, I haven't looked at every single conference. I want to say there may be a few on the West coast that are playing Um, if not, I I think there's a couple that are playing just strictly conference. And if not, they're playing a pretty strict regional, uh, schedule for the season. Um, and it's going to be somewhat similar in that, uh, you know, they're playing all the same teams. all the California teams, when they play all the same teams, it's hard to measure, you know, like they're, you know, just how good they are. Right. If teams are just beating up on each other, like the big 10 is going to end up doing, um, it, it pretty much nullifies RPI which the, the, the primary factor of RPI is your opponent's winning percentage and your opponent's opponent's winning percentage. So if you're playing all the same teams, you know, you can throw RPI out the window. So everybody else in the nation for the most part, yes, is trying to do their best to play a, you know, quote unquote regular season. But as here we are at, at the beginning of the season and, there's already shutdowns left and right. So this is already proving to be more difficult than, uh, than what we hope. So,
0: so what's that? I, the Big Ten, I mean, they're probably the premier conference of basketball. They're maybe second in football to the SEC. Those obviously are the huge sports. But in baseball, they are way down the list, like fifth or sixth at least behind even smaller leagues that most people don't even pay attention to. If there's no RPI, I mean, what's that going to do to the Big Ten overall? Get, yeah, when it comes to the NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, and then you know, for, you know, for people that don't understand college baseball, there's these different different regional advisory committees, and these are made up of coaches from the region that they're the ones that submit their recommendation to the the overall selection committee um, when they're making the picks. Now, historically. Uh, the NCAA tournament in college baseball has been largely determined by RPI. The teams with the better RPI are the ones that make it in. Um, th- I think that's going to have to change this year. You're going to have to rely on those kind of uh, firsthand observations more. You're going to have to do that, that kind of, uh, you know, the gut feel of a team. You know, it's like whether or not a team truly
0: belongs, you know, do they pass the eye test, Right. Oh my God. It's the big t- it's college football playoff time with the high test thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But you know, and if you look, you know, college basketball got rid of their metric for ranking uh, teams. I don't know. I don't think it was called RPI, but it was something else, but they got rid of that. And I, I personally think they're much better off for that too, because you know, you do get more of those feels or how good a team actually is. And, and for the Big Ten specifically, I think I think this is actually stacking up to be what should be a pretty good year for them, like talent-wise. The problem is is they can't all win, and another problem is, is you don't have the Big Ten tournament, which could allow like that that one extra team to make it. So um, yeah, it's it's going to be a year full of questions, without a doubt.
0: Okay, the the Big Ten finally released a baseball schedule this past well, the past. Couple of days actually. You've looked at the Big Ten schedule. What do you think overall?
1: Yeah, you know, and I I think fans and people that cover the sport, you know, were for so long just kind of frustrated that, you know, it took so long to get it out. But when it came out, I think it was clear that they put a lot of thought into it because, first of all, like over the first two weekends, they're pretty much sending all the teams either to Round Rock, Texas. They're sending to, to the U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, where they're sending them to Greenville, South Carolina. So they've established these pods, as they're calling them, for these teams to go to warm weather or domed climates to, to compete. So, you know, that I know from event business that that didn't happen overnight. You know, that took a lot of coordination to make that happen. During the course of the season, they will continue these pods. You know, a big part of that is because Wisconsin doesn't have a team, meaning the Big Ten has 13 baseball programs and not 14. If Wisconsin would get a team, it would get that nice even number and make a lot of these problems go away. <laughs> but, you know, here we are. So they're going to continue to have pods over the course of the season where you have three teams playing each other on one weekend. So you'll have, say, like Nebraska – and this isn't an actual series, but you'll have, like, Nebraska, Iowa – both playing Minnesota in in Minneapolis and they'll each play each other twice. So they'll play four games over the weekend, but they'll play each other twice, but they'll still end up playing Minnesota or Michigan. If this was a Nebraska hypothetical, they'll still play those in more traditional series at some other point during, during the season. So I think that in itself is unique. And again, that planning, you know, took a lot of creativity, No one has a buy. I thought at some point because of the 13 teams that someone might have a buy every weekend. That's not going to happen. They start March 5th. They're playing through Memorial Day weekend like they normally do. There's no Big Ten tournament. They're playing 44 games. They're playing four games on the weekends. Some weekends, three games. Um, No midweek games, no non-conference. So
0: that's how it's going to stack up. Okay. I'm a Nebraska guy, obviously. And we've kind of – I don't want to say we've made a living out of beating on the Big Ten, but we've kind of—it's become kind of a, I don't know, learned behavior. So, would you—you—you you, you basically are standing up for the Big Ten? They did it right with the baseball schedule. Uh, no, I—I I
1: think they deserve more credit than what they're receiving is what I'm saying. Okay. I'm not so sure they did it right. I do think. I think they're being way too protective, not allowing non-conference games. Like it's one thing if you want to stay regional, but there's some other good teams in the Midwest. You know, you got the Missouri Valley conference, which is a good conference. You got the Mac, which is a really underrated conference. And then you have, you know, like other teams the the summit, you know, as far as like Nebraska Omaha's in the, in the summit and then North Dakota state, South Dakota state. And you have the horizon league, you know, you have other teams in the area it's not just the Big Ten, and I think that, that gets a little overlooked at times. Yeah,
0: it's there's, there's not going to be a nebraska Creighton series this year. I mean, my God, we're not going to be able to stomp on those stinky, poopy butts. <laughs> That's something I look forward to. Come on. I mean, they yeah. usually are killing us in basketball. We need some way to get back at them. <sighs> okay. Should we get into the teams? We should get into the teams. I have not. I have not. Like I started out saying, this is baseball is like something that's way out in the universe to me, uh, and I have not looked at the teams. I have not even looked at Nebraska's roster. Uh, and I, uh, Mojo Haggy's still around, which I, you know, everybody loves him. Spencer Wallenbach. Uh, other than that, I mean, who who would you say are the top four teams in the Big Ten? Yeah, so the way we have them stacked up, and, and I work with a guy named Burke Granger. He
1: and I tackle the Midwest together, and he's based out of Ohio, so he kind of gets a better look at those Eastern teams. I get a look at the Western teams, and, you know, we do we do have a fair understanding of the whole league. Um, but number one for us is Michigan. You know, they were the national runner-up two years ago. I think I think they will continue to be really good. They'll continue to have a really good pitching staff. They got some really good – transfers in at key positions, shortstop and catcher to help bolster what was already a good team. Indiana's number two for us. Um, they got a guy by the name of Grant Richardson, who's going to be a favorite for the uh, Big Ten Conference Player of the Year this season. Just had a huge season a year ago as a sophomore. Number three for us is Maryland. We think they're going to bounce back with a really loud year. They got, some, they got some really good talent on that team. They got a starting pitcher by the name of Sean Burke who's like 6'6", 230, throws mid-90s. So that's pretty much all you need to know there. And their first baseman's named Maxwell Costas, and he's also going to have a big year. And then number four for us is uh, Ohio State, who we think may have the best collection of arms in the Midwest. And they they just go deep. Um, For them, it's a matter of how things shake out. Uh, the, The offense isn't as proven. They have a pretty balanced lineup. But those are the four teams that we like the most. The, the, Nebraska is not in the top four press is not top four. We have them. I think we have them eight. And I will say with Nebraska is that they're going to score runs for sure. You know, head coach will bolt comes from that Texas A&M uh, coaching tree that they know how to score runs. It's the pitching staff, how that comes together and they have the pieces, but we haven't seen it, you know, in the past couple of years, they need to prove it on the field. That pitching staff comes together. Nebraska could definitely be in that top four conversation. We put all the teams that we have ranked, you know, five, six, seven, eight, who's Iowa, Illinois, Minnesota, and Nebraska. Those four teams all have the potential to be as good as the top four teams, but they just don't have as many proven pieces to be able for me to confidently say that they're going to be a top team.
0: So my understanding about Nebraska, and I said earlier, I haven't even looked at the roster and, you know it's like orbiting somewhere around mars is that we have a number of people who might they have potential you know in quotes as pitchers and they look like they might be talented but again like you said nobody knows uh, who are the guys that you might look at there as pitchers that are going to be the starters or going to be the top guys for nebraska
1: yeah, it starts with a, a transfer from New Mexico State. His name is Chance Roach. It's H-R-O-C-H, kind of a unique last name. Um, he was something like 10-1 and one with a ERA below three at New Mexico State, which plays in the WAC, I'm almost positive. And, and that's unheard of. And that was two years ago. So, I mean, this guy, he doesn't throw especially hard, but he knows how to command. He knows how to keep the ball down. He knows how to, you know, do all those things that, Pitchers that have success without the greatest stuff succeed with. So and that's perfect for Nebraska. Like a guy to come in, you know, uh Will Bolt and his staff certainly did their homework and deserve a lot of credit for going and getting that guy and giving him up to Lincoln. Um Cade Povich is another guy. He's a little more proven. He's a guy that's gonna get drafted in, you know, the top three, five, seven rounds somewhere in there. Um, but he throws, you know, low to mid nineties, got has good stuff. Um, Shea Shaneman is another guy that's been with the team now and has some success. Colby Gomes, who was a freshman All-American two years ago, but he may be in the bullpen. Um, Spencer Schwellenbach, they expect him to actually pitch this year. He's actually supposed to be their closer. He's a guy that can actually get it up to the mid-90s with an absolute hammer breaking ball. And and when I talked to Will Bolt in the fall, he wasn't he didn't even want to restrict Schwellenbach into the closer. Like he said that, you know, we're going to start him in short relief and kind of see where his season goes. Um, I don't want to say he hinted that he could be a starter, but it almost believes like, like he had, he throws four pitches for strikes and he throws mid nineties, you know, that's a guy at the pro level, like he's going to get a chance to start. Right. And, And he also plays shortstop by the way. So, so this guy is just has tremendous talent Jackson Hallmark is going to be your center fielder this year. He's going to pitch in out of the bullpen a little bit too. So there's a lot of names. There's a lot of guys that are going to, that are going to, you know, compete for spots and put things together. It's just, you know, a few of those guys stepping up, you know, what do you have in Chance Roach? Is he going to be just as good of Nebraska or close to being as good as he was previously? Is Cade Povich ready to take that next step forward? Just questions like that. And if they're answered mostly in a positive manner, you know, you guys could have a pretty good staff.
0: So we almost, well, I'll go back. What what was your reaction to Darren Erstad resigning? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it's 20, it's, 20 or 30 years ago, it seems like. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, you're right.
1: <laughs> so it's, I guess it goes to show like doing the college baseball coaching thing isn't as easy as I think what some people think it is right like you are managing a program for the future and if you are trying to accomplish overnight success like just day and night success you're going to fail like you need to build with recruiting you need to build with player development and you need to make sure like every year when you lose someone to the draft or if their time is just up you know and they move on in their lives like, you have the next wave ready to go. You can't, you can't have a gap year. When you have a gap year, I mean, that's when things fall apart. You need to have that consistent pipeline of talent. And if you've been following Nebraska baseball long enough, you know in the late 90s and early 2000s when they had Will Bolt, when they had Shane Comine, you know, when they had these other players that took them to, what, three College World Series in four years or something like that. that, that didn't happen by accident. You know that was a program built for sustained success, and I'm not saying Darren Erstad wasn't prepared to do that. I just don't know if he was, if he was prepared to to be all in for that long haul, or at least not for, I guess the consequences. You know, off the field. You know, like you have to commit your life to this, right? And head coaches, assistant coaches, they they all have to go all in with the recruiting because it's a year-round cycle. When you're not coaching your team, you're out recruiting kids you know, when you're talking to them and trying to convince them to come to campus. And I, and if I had to guess that just got to be
0: too much. Well, he, but you know, I, I enjoyed being around him because you just, whenever you're around him, you felt like you're around a guy that just exuded his aura was like winning. You know what I mean? He was a winner of a person, but I can see, you know, the points you made. I don't think I could do that myself. You know, I mean, I couldn't coach baseball, but the whole commitment thing just seems <laughs> you'd have. That's the reason why you'd have to pay me like five million dollars a year to do that kind of stuff. But, uh, all right. And then your impression of Will Bolt. I mean, we haven't really seen much of Bolt. I think my favorite thing every year is when Nebraska plays their first series of this season against the uh, some non-conference team that's good and uh, Twitter is full of, they should need to fire the pitching coach. (laughs) Right. Will Bull, what do you think of him as a baseball coach, a head baseball coach for Nebraska?
1: Yeah, I think he's certainly, you know, like qualified, and he's certainly the right man for the Nebraska job specifically, given given his past there. You know, I'm always a little leery of like bringing back guys to bring the same program because it's almost like you have this – this unrealistic expectation for success just because they had success playing there either previously as like an assistant coach or as a player. But the fact that he went and I mentioned before he was an assistant coach under Rob Childress at, at Texas AM, like that's a proven program. And a lot of those coaches have, have spread out and uh, extended their coaching careers at other programs. Will Bolt being, you know, one of the most recent doing so and, And when I talked to him in the fall and it was the first time I had ever spoken to him, you know, I just, I liked how, you know, just, he's calm. He's very calculated. Like they have a plan. They know what they're doing. He and his coaching staff, as soon as the season ended last year, they were, they were already getting ready for this season. They were looking at the transfer portal and uh, going after and, and doing their homework to find someone like chance Roach, who, who's going to be a big part of their pitching staff this year. Um, but he knows what it takes. He knows that you need to have you, – you just it, it's not just about having three starting pitchers and a closer and, and, a, and a competent starting lineup. you got to have depth. you know? you got to have guys competing for spots. Um, and it, it's – like I said, it's just never-ending. I like his demeanor going into it. I, I like uh, – I, I think he brings a lot of the, those new-age metrics into the, the equation too. And I think that if, if just Nebraska sticks with him, you know, and they're patient with him to allow him to build the program. That I think they'll see
0: more continued, sustained success. So, you you mentioned earlier Nebraska's offense. Uh, who are the big hitters there? Or who are we going to see as the guys that are going to produce runs?
1: Yeah. So Spencer Schwellenbach, of course, he's the shortstop. He's probably going to bat in the three hole. Um, that's that's their that's their start. and and he hasn't been healthy enough to put in a full productive season. He hasn't pitched as a result. Um, right. but w- if he stays healthy, we get a look at him and he's, he's truly a breakout type of player as both a shortstop and a right-handed pitcher. I mentioned Jackson Hallmark. He's going to hit towards the top of the lineup. Uh, he's going to be their center fielder this year after batting, uh, or excuse me, after playing second base last year, um, late light banjoff. He was a freshman last year. Um, he he's probably going to play third base or possibly first base. He has a little bit of uh, versatility there, where he can play on the field. He actually played shortstop last summer in the summer collegiate league, and and apparently held his own at that position. Um, but I think Banjoff's going to be one of your bigger hitters. Cam Chick is another guy that can play a bunch of different positions. He may be he may have been the team's most productive hitter a year ago. I think he's penciled in to the be their DH, but I think he can play. You know like left field right field first base i think he may even play a little third base um i'm trying to think who else they have uh you, you know you mentioned mojo Hagi was as one of their hitters too they they lost aaron polenski that was that was their big hitter from a year ago i think he was drafted and or signed with the yankees that was big for them max anderson's a freshman he's a local kid he's probably going to play mostly third base but he can play pretty much anywhere on the infield um and then uh, Logan Foster, the transfer from Texas A&M, is going to be playing on one of the outfield spots, and, and he's going to play a pretty big role. So uh, all those guys, you know, this is a team that should have one of the better offenses in the Big Ten with that group of
0: guys. So how have you heard uh, they haven't released any kind of schedule for televising any of these games or anything like that? St- mm-hmm. I think they're still trying to work that out, right? Yeah, I haven't seen anything, yeah.
1: I mean, we're still two weeks out from the beginning, so I've already reached out to see if they're going to let media and or scouts in, um, and they don't know the answer to that. So they are allowing uh, immediate family members. So they basically capped 250 people for games, and that's the players, the coaches on both teams, and then, you know, the immediate family members. And then I'm assuming, you know, you're going to have a radio team and a TV team possibly –
0: so yeah, we'll, we'll see if they let me in. I don't know. I don't even know yet. So. Wow. Yeah. I, I reached out to Nebraska about shooting because I want to, <sighs> I, I work mostly at home, you know, in IT and uh, I don't get out at all. I, I have not literally, go- I, I made the joke to my wife two days ago that I have literally, and this isn't, an, I'm not exaggerating. I've worn one pair of pants. one pair of pants it's like March and they're not even getting worn out you know what I mean so one of the things that they start letting us go to these things is I'm gonna have to get used to wearing pants and clothes again right yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. not sweatpants right so yeah pandemic wear that's what I call it yeah my friend calls. is there anything else about the Big Ten that uh, that I've missed that you want to tell us about about baseball You know, the one thing that just stands out to me is
1: Rutgers. And Rutgers has always kind of been the bottom of the barrel. That's not going to happen this year. Their head coach that they hired, similar situation as Will Bull to Steve Owens, and he's going to turn that program around, and they're going to be more competitive, more consistently. I I don't think they make the postseason, but
0: they're not going to be the last team in the Big Ten, I can tell you that. Okay, I guess that brings up one more thing is uh, throughout, I don't know, the last 83 years or it's been a while since we moved to the Big Ten now. And since I've covered Big Ten baseball, uh, my attitude always has been that the Big Ten doesn't care much about baseball. And I think Nebraska fans had the attitude that when we moved in the Big Ten, we just take over the conference. But since we've moved, everybody has replaced their baseball coaches. And, you know, everybody has, I don't want to say everybody, almost everybody is, has vastly improved their facilities. They've uh, everybody's well, not everybody. Almost everybody again has improved their out of conference scheduling, which we're not going to see this year. Like Penn state ticks me off every year because they still want to play Elon 30 times and, their RPI is crap. And it always, you know what I mean? They haven't done anything else, but is that what you see when you look at the big 10? If I say to you, the big 10, doesn't care about baseball. Your response is. The the
1: league doesn't give it as much weight clearly as basketball and football. Those are the, those are the revenue making sports and they have made the big 10 conference a very wealthy conference and baseball is not in that conversation individual schools take baseball very seriously. You ask Michigan, you ask Ohio State, you ask Nebraska, you ask Iowa, you ask Illinois, they all take baseball very seriously. And it's clear because what you just mentioned, they invest in the programs, they all have, you know, really nice facilities, they have renovated ballparks, a lot of places have installed turf, you know, so they can handle these crappy springs that we have. I know <laughs> that the, the coaching staffs are, you know, it's not just some some guy that, you know, like some leftover, you know, they're, they're very competitive on the coaching circuit. And I mean, they have one of the best in Eric Bakich at Michigan and what he's doing. And so the T the, the individual programs take baseball very seriously. I would agree that it would be nice to see the conference itself take the sport more seriously.
0: I, I remember a few years ago, I mean, when I was going out to the, the big 10 org site and I was looking for like statistical leaders and I I was looking like, I don't know, pitching and batting. And you look at it, and you go, why are all these guys that have pitched one inning at the top of the list? And then I realized they didn't they didn't categorize it by minimum innings pitch. They just put up the statistics. And I sent them a letter and I said, Why are you posting these statistics? And they 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 never responded to me, but the next time I went out there, I checked it, and it was, you know, they had minimum at-bats, minimum innings pitched, stuff like that. And that's where I kind of got, wow, they're not really even paying attention at the league office to what's going on. So there is some, you know, I did have evidence. I did. (laughs) You know, it's funny you bring that up because it's not too long ago that the NCAA
1: itself didn't post college baseball stats until the college basketball season was over it's almost like they couldn't post stats on their website until the bas- basketball statistics were down. And I mean, it just showed you like that wasn't that long ago. I mean, I want to say 10 years ago or less than 10 years ago, like until, you know, early April, there were no baseball stats on the ncaa.com website. So, and it just shows you the sport as a whole and how it's, it's viewed. And I think that's changed a lot especially with how ESPN is treating college baseball and the platform that they put it on. And they've definitely elevated mostly SEC, you know, and then somewhat deservingly. So, but I think, uh, I think the rest of the nation has caught
0: on too. Would you, would you say that baseball has risen to the number three sport? I mean, we got men's football, obviously way at number one men's basketball, even for a lot of people, might be number one and two, those two sports. But number three, uh, you could argue it's women's basketball in parts of the country. Volleyball for Nebraskans is huge and huge throughout the Big Ten. But where where do you think baseball in the huge scheme of all the college sports, where do you think it fits? Yeah, I'm I'm sure, you know, and I know like
1: lacrosse is a big deal on the East Coast too. Um, But I'd have to say college baseball. I mean, there's nothing like the college world series in any of the other college sports. So I think I, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it not being college baseball. I will say it's a distance third, you know, right. But it's, it's still, I think a firm third.
0: So, yeah. Okay. This will end with you. If people want to know more about what you do, where do they go and how do they get to your stuff and how do they get to you guys coverage? And this is where you plug D one baseball.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll start with D one baseball. So it's simple. It's D one baseball.com and, uh, Kendall Rogers, Aaron fit are, are the main two and Mike Rooney who, who I've worked with for, for quite some time and there, and there's correspondence that they have all over the nation, you know, Eric Sorensen and and shotgun Spratling, and Walter Villa. And, um, you know, I mentioned Burke Ranger and there's some guys that I'm forgetting. I apologize to them for not saying their names, but, uh, yeah, they, they just cover the game of college baseball, like no other outlet. And it's, it's fun to be a part of because of that. So me personally, I also do my own scouting. I also do like graphic design work. I, I, I I cover travel team baseball. I have a deep history with that. I do my own stuff on a site called thegrindbaseball.com. My contacts info is on there. Um, Samples of my work, my writing, my design, my Whatever it is, I, I try to cover it. So I, I do it in a variety of ways. So I always like talking baseball with you and other people. So I just encourage people to, to reach out and contact
0: me. And uh, hopefully we can start up a new conversation. You know, that's a good that's a good ending. And I'm not great at ending. So we're going to end there. Uh, <laughs> this has been John's Post-Life Crisis with Patrick Ebert of D1 Baseball. Uh, go big red. And I hope we have a baseball season that is kind of actually a season, you know, and we don't get, we don't get what we got with our basketball team where they didn't get a play for 30 days and then they come back and get destroyed. Anyway, thanks for listening. Go big red. Take care of yourselves.